Lick my Christian balls. <laughs> This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? How was the weekend? Uh, it was good. You probably heard that I got uh, tossed from a bar on Friday. I've heard a lot of things about your weekend. So wait, what, 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 go, go into a little more detail here. Did you get into a fight with the no, bartender or something? No, I was just, I think I was just really drunk and went up for that other drink that I didn't need. And, the, you, bar, and the bartender was like, no. And you know, the summer place is not one of those places that has a bouncer or anything. It's just like the one little Asian woman behind the bar. Yeah, middle-aged Asian lady yeah. had to kick you she out She doesn't take bar. any shit. And I, yeah, she was just like, you, you just go home now. <laughs> So so, what happened? I mean, did you guys go out for happy hour? You didn't end up eating any dinner, and then just drank copious amounts of like Stella. Yeah, and Jim Beam, and you know. and the next thing you know, I heard that you were passed out in your seat at the bar, head just kind of looking head back, looking up at the <laughs> ceiling, beer in your lap. Maybe I didn't, I didn't spill it on my lap. Well, but what did she say? Was she like, "Okay, you have to go. You go now." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And then I passed out on the train on the way that, home. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. <laughs> I beat you to the punch. So wait, you got on. You managed to actually walk over to the bar train, taking it to the East Bay, and you passed out. Yeah, not. I mean, I've done that before, and it's been a bad, bad scene. Like you go all the way to the end of the line. Yeah, would then, you wake up in like Pittsburgh? Uh, no, way sooner than that. Like five stops before I, I woke up, and I was like, "What the fuck? I missed it." Just got on the other one, going the other way. God, dude, it's been a long time since since I've had that happen. I remember because those Bart guys, if you go to the end of the line and you're just asleep on the train, and they're they're trying to like take that one out of service, they will they won't take any shit from you. They like will rough you up and be like, "Get your ass off the Bart, you so, stupid drunk." But what do you do if there's no more trains? You just stranded. Yeah, you get a cab, which is probably like you know fifty bucks, and hope that you have cash because there's no ATMs at, around the end of the Bart lines, you know. <laughs> Last time that happened to me was in Chicago, like in the nineties. I remember at least I, there the the trains don't stop running, right? Yeah, the trains are twenty four hours, so it's not as big of a deal. But I remember just I don't even I mean, I barely remember getting on the train and I just woke up because there was some guy shuffling through my jacket pockets. <laughs> and I was like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And then he like got up and just like ran off to the next train. Yeah. Didn't take anything. Yeah. See, it was early enough, like I said, because we went out for happy hour that I didn't. Uh, nobody was messing with me, but there were tons of other people on the train probably just looking at me, going like, "What a degenerate." Oh, yeah, I wonder if you're just snoring, just reeking of booze. I'm sure I reeked of booze. I don't know if I was snoring, dude. If I had a sharpie, I'd have been tagging you, drawing a little <laughs> Hitler mustache. Yeah. I yeah. Chewed your finger off. But... I had a decent weekend. I went down to L.A. Had to skip town for the weekend. What did you uh, do in L.A.? Well, the reason I went down there, I went down there with actually uh, Ian, who was on the podcast last week. And uh, his friend is an organizer or something, or did the advertising work for the X Games. Have you ever heard of the X Games? Yeah, everybody's heard of that. The, the Extreme Games. The Extreme <laughs> Games. So Long the, version. The X Games were taking place in Los Angeles this weekend, and so we went down there to go check it out. And, you know, it, it was cool. I, I'm not like a big skateboard guy. 
Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I did own a skateboard in my younger years, but uh, I was, I don't know, Jews just aren't all that coordinated. Or at least this Jew isn't all yeah, that coordinated. Yeah, I think there's some Jewish skateboarders and BMX bikers out there. You know what I think it is? I was just unwilling to, like, break my face open on the cement. Right. So, you know, I, I just was too much of a puss to try any of the really difficult tricks. Yeah, the ones that would actually get you laid. But so anyway, you'd think you're going to the X Games, you're going to get to see the dudes doing those crazy like vertical jumps and all that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, it's so poorly planned. And I mean, I mean, I guess it's like because it's extreme or something that, you know, maybe it's because it's all organized by, by potheads or something. But... Were any of those uh, jackass guys there? I mean, they're all into the skateboarding and Bam Margera, he's a big skateboarder, right? I didn't, I mean, we didn't really see anyone. We went to like one event, we sat there and like we had this like, uh, kind of like a VIP area that we sat in. We waited for about an hour. They canceled the event. Then we stood in line to go into the other area to see another event. And the only thing we ended up actually seeing was, which was kind of cool, is uh, the vintage skateboarders in a competition. So it was all the skateboarders from like back in the day. The like 80s. The forefathers of skateboard. Yeah, they're all like 40-year-old dudes on skateboards. <laughs> the uh, Powell and Peralta guys, they made all those movies back yeah, then. Yeah, actually one of the, uh, is that one of the Dogtown guys? Yeah, uh, that, the Dogtown guys were even before the Powell and Peralta the, One guys. of the Dogtown they, they like guys early was in 80s, late, late 70s, I think. The, there was a guy named Dwayne Peters who's from U.S. Bombs. He's like covered in tattoos. He was in it. And then there's some famous dude named Chris. Christian Hasoy, who's like... Yeah, that's more of the Powell and Peralta days. Yeah, that dude actually created a lot of like the uh, Christ pose and all the crazy vertical yeah. jumps and all that. You know what's funny is that dude ended up winning the whole competition. And at the end, like they gave him an award and he like... First thing he said when he got the microphone, he's like, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and everyone in the crowd's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's born again? He's born again. <laughs> I guess he was arrested for meth or something. Yeah, and then probably. Became born again in jail. But it was funny because Ian was wearing a pair of Christian Hasoy shoes. And he's like, you know, I think I might burn these. <laughs> but yeah, so we ended up going to that, and uh, it was cool. It was really, really hot. And there's just, I think the, my favorite part about it is just all the barely legal and totally illegal chicks <laughs> jail bait. that were there. Yeah, it was like you'd look at a girl, you're like, is she BL or is she TI? Well, what are those? Uh... Barely legal or totally illegal. Okay. <laughs> so it's like if she was T.I., you're like, I'm not looking. I'm just going to stop looking completely. What's the age of consent in Los Angeles? <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure it's 18. Yeah. But I was arguing with another guy there, and he's like, yeah, but if we were in Alabama, you could look at that girl. <laughs> well, they also have those Romeo and Juliet exceptions. Have you ever heard of that? No, it's that. It's like you... Well, it, with a 14-year-old or something? No, it's if you can have sex with a 15-year-old or, well, maybe that's, it, it's like a range. Like, if you're five years within her age, it's fine. So if she's like 16 and you're 19, so what if it's you're like legal. 16 years within the range? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you a pedophile? Oh, can you stretch it? Can you, if you get a good lawyer, can he be like, well, I'm young at heart. I'm, I'm old enough to be your father. Does, it, does that count? I still live in a single room. It's kind of like a dorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. If you want to go check out the X Games, you, you might as well. I, think, I don't know if it comes around every four years like the Olympics. Oh, yeah? Now, does it, or do they do it every year? I have no idea. I know nothing about the X Games. <laughs> well, speaking of the Olympics, isn't that starting this Friday? Uh, in maybe Beijing? the like, ceremonies start. I don't think the real events start for like a couple weeks. 
But I could be. I wrong. thought the whole thing was kicking off this Friday. It, was it like might. The first I, don't day of the I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not really into the Olympics, but I think they're funny as an event. I just don't really watch the events. You know, I was thinking about that too. It's like so the Olympics come around every four years, so you should get excited and be like, "Wow, I'm not going to be able to see this for another four years." But when it's on, I'm just bored. I don't even think I watch anything except for the synchronized swimming because that's fantastic. <laughs> You've always been a fan of the synchronized swimming, dude. It's competition at its best I mean, ever since seriously. i've known you when did your love of synchronized swimming start whenever when i tried out for the team back in college <laughs> and they cut me now I, I think to be cut you actually have to get an audition or whatever you want to, a tryout yeah well i went down there and tried to fill out some paperwork did you have a swim cap no i didn't but i remember showing up there and uh, they said the you know what you know what the thing was they said there was three out-of-town meets, and then there was only, like, one hometown meet. And my whole thing is I wanted, like, all my friends to see me, you know, compete at the hometown meet. But I didn't want to have to travel with them for three, you know, away meets. Now, don't you need a partner? I mean, it's called synchronized swimming. Dude, there's be... a bunch of, like, hot chicks. Like, hot chicks with, like, the bodies of, like, you know, an 18-year-old. Um, they probably were 18 since it was college, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I <laughs> but was I'm a assuming, senior, I'm assuming if they're already... In synchronized swimming, they already have a partner. I, I would assume you no, have to bring your partner. own partner. It's like like six people perform at once, and they all swim like circles and pirouettes and all that. It's a team-building activity. I thought it's it was like two people usually. No, did you think of figure skating? Oh, okay. Completely different with synchronized swimming. It's all go team Oh, with so you would have just joined the rest of them, and they would have made the circle a little bigger. Yeah, and I could have done like the jazz hands and all that in the water. It would have been great. Can you swim very well? No, but <laughs> they, I, I could have just... What I was planning on doing is showing up with some floaties and just kind of getting in the water, and I, I had dreadlocks back then, but I could have like put them out of my swim cap, so it would have looked... Or maybe you could have stood in the shallow end... While they were in the deep end. The only end. reason I wanted to do it is for the showers afterwards. <laughs> it would have been great. But you know what, though? They did say I could audition. I was just too much of a stoner to remember when. <laughs> <laughs> so I never actually ended up showing up for it. That's so. also not very good for being able to hold your breath, for the, which I think is something you have to do. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because I can't swim very well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so it is the Olympics this Friday, and uh, synchronized swimming has always been my favorite event. What, what's your favorite summer Olympic event there, Waggerly? I would just be picking one off the top of my head. I like it when they, uh, well, that's the winter. I like it when they ski and then shoot at something, but uh, how about the javelin? The javelin? Or spear chucking, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even really know all the the uh, the events, really. I like, the, swimming, I like the militarized no... events, like the javelin or do they do the hammer shooting? throw. Do they do that still? I have no idea. Yeah, you know what? And, Bow and uh, arrows? This actually brings me to one of my topics. I did read something on the internet just today that uh you know you know china we they picked china to be have the olympics and it i don't know if it's such a great place well what's funny there's tons of pollution but one of the things there was a shooter who said uh actually the pollution helps me because it's easier to see the skeet against like this like brown sky <laughs> brown rather than smog. like a blue sky <laughs> I swear well, to God, I What about this. the runner's lungs and all that? Bringing now them, in that, the see, the, toxic air. On the other hand, they aren't appreciating the toxic <laughs> air so much. How come China's so polluted? Because they don't have regulations. Like yeah, they do. don't have any, you know, EPA, and, and they have all these factories that burn coal. And... So what's funny to me about their choice of Beijing as a city due to the Olympics, I can understand if they could choose. Be Beijing's a developing city. So if they chose it in like 20 years from now, it would right. make more sense. But the yeah. fact that they're doing it now, it's still in the stages of development. Right. It's so like it's, it's like um, 
uh it's like Char- <laughs> what's the guy what's the guy's name who did uh, a christmas carol Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens era London. It's like having the yeah. Olympics there. Dickensian London. Dickensian. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. The word I was looking it's for. just. I mean, there's, there's pollution. There's uh, poverty. Right. Um. And you know, it's you know, it's funny, and that's kind of what uh, what our topic's going to be here is uh, it, all the restrictions that the Chinese government is putting on people that people and their own people who live in Beijing during the Olympics. Right. So, so uh, well, one of the things that related to what I just said is they're trying to get people to stop driving. Even though like only one in ten people has a car, they're I like they don't... had like carts that were pulled by most oxen of them do. But some some people have cars. So one of the things, and I think this is a good way to start it off because it's pretty mild. They're saying like, well, could you please not drive so much while people are trying to like run marathons here? So wait, so but they're not running marathons in the streets, aren't they? Running marathons in like don't they have an area where they do it? Isn't it a track? Yeah, but you know the pollution doesn't, oh, even doesn't more stay. Pollution. It's, it's not. This isn't like the smoking section of a restaurant <laughs> where, like, you, you know, you're sitting. Oh, I'm over here where nobody's smoking, ten feet away from the smoking section, so no smoke is coming over to my area. Well, some of the rules that uh, I found in the story here it says uh, people are not allowed to sleep outdoors anymore. It's banned to maintain public hygiene and the cultured image of the city of Beijing. That'd be a good law to pick up in San Francisco. I think. Actually, I think uh, we, we need to have some Chinese law here in San Francisco, <laughs> especially in the Tenderloin. Uh, do not let the stifling summer heat tempt you into streaking. Uh, do they streak a lot there? You know, apparently streaking must be uh, just a way to deal with the, with the summer heat. Just run through the cool, hot air. Yeah, run naked. through Tiananmen Square naked. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Don't let the tank get you. <laughs> Do not get drunk, nor set off fireworks, nor wave insulting banners. So I guess all the uh, protesters are not going to be able to uh, come out with their banners. Yeah. Uh, anyone with mental illnesses or sexually transmitted diseases are also banned. <laughs> so I think if you have uh, gonorrhea, you got to stay indoors for the Olympics. And smoking is also not allowed at the Olympic venues. Wow, that's big because Chinese like to smoke a lot. Well, they also say foreigners tend to smoke a lot. So they must respect Chinese laws while in China and must not harm China's national security or damage the social order. Yeah. Which, um, which that's what blows my mind, the fact that they chose Beijing. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I've, I've heard that, that China isn't like communist, like USSR communist. Well, but it's still a communist nation. Yeah, well, Beijing is where all the like wealthy people live, the pseudo semi capitalists. So I think it's more westernized. But I do, if you go out, like, they still violate civil liberties and, uh, yeah, but not near, if you go out to like the farming villages, those are totally like command and control town. You know, societies where like you do, you're basically a serf. Well, Beijing, I think, I don't know if they're anticipating anarchy here, but they're not taking any chances. I guess they said the security is just, they're completely obsessed with security for uh, this Summer Olympics. Right. But you have to be in this day and age anywhere. Well, you wonder about, like, didn't you just read that uh, there was some terrorist activity in southern China where, like, one guy took out 16 policemen with a grenade? I think that guy was uh, a Muslim Arab, though. Yeah, but he was a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. And so uh, they're definitely uh, really concerned with terrorism, right. which I guess you kind of have to be. But they, yeah, that, that has nothing to do with specifically China. That, could ha- that would happen that in any happen, country. Yeah, it could happen anywhere. But there's a battery of surface-to-air missile launchers being deployed around all the Olympic sites. <laughs> so <laughs> they're just ready to fucking house some people. So they're uh, they're like prepared for somebody even like trying to crash like a small plane into a stadium. They're just like gonna take that. them out. Yeah, service to air missiles. 
Authorities have promised civilized and convenient security checks, but have been accused of obsessive stage management. I guess they're uh, apparently going up to people and forcing them to drink out of their water. Like if they're carrying bottles of water to make sure that's oh, not to make a sure it's really, really water. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you got to take a quick little swig here. Uh, another thing that they're trying to do is eliminate the Chinglish, which I guess is uh, the Chinglish. It's kind of it's a Chinese way of they, they mangle English. It's uh-huh. all over road signs and restaurants said, uh, I guess um, like they're trying of, to do away with that. I, th- I would think that would help people who don't really get no Chinese. No, they're trying feed. to translate it properly. Oh, get it properly translated. I, I, okay. I, don't, I don't think they want to be ridiculed by, by podcasters, <laughs> yeah, but uh, too late. Um, some of the restaurants like local restaurants in Beijing said uh, some of the traditionally named um, appetizers, such as the husband and wife's lung slice appetizer is going to be replaced by the linguistically correct beef and ox tripe and chili sauce appetizer. (laughs) Much uh, more appetizing sauce. Yeah, much more appetizing. Great. And uh, I guess the Chinese foreign ministry is just trying to maintain that China's a safe place. Please be assured, China's a nation with great hospitality and courtesy. They even took dog off the menu, just like they did in Seoul. Yeah. Remember that? I didn't remember that they did it in Seoul, but I heard they were doing it in China. No, they did. They did in Seoul, and they also took donkey off the menu. One thing, though, one more thing here that I read is that uh, what's interesting to me is um, apparently in Beijing, bars are forbidden to serve blacks and Mongolians. Did you hear this? Yeah, and I can't believe it. You know, I, I was it's unbelievable. I was searching the internet for an actual uh, a news story that verified this because it was it was all over the blogs. But dude, I don't put my stock in blogs. <laughs> Um, for reasons of safety, bars are forbidden to serve blacks or Mongolians or place tables in the street. Uh, bar owners around the Workers' Stadium in downtown Beijing say that public security officials are telling them not to let in blacks and Mongolians, and many of them have even t- had to sign a pledge. The official reason is not racism. It's the fight against drugs and prostitution, which is dominated in the past by Mongolians and people of color. <laughs> so what I wonder about this, what, what's going to happen when Kobe Bryant wants to go get a beer? Yeah, that's why I can't believe it. I mean, I don't. Is Kobe Bryant even going to the Olympics? But what? I, bet, I think he's what on about the like, American what, basketball know, team. What that, a, that's an event I actually kind of enjoy watching. Is watching the American basketballers trounce all the inferior foreign nations. Uh, does that still happen though? Because I I feel like there's more and more Europeans and Asians in the NBA who now go back and. Like there's that there's Gin- only that one huge giant Chinese guy. What's no, there's name? that Ginobili guy who's Italian or Greek or something. He was on he's the LA Lakers. Too. He's not big, but he's really good. He's like one of the smaller fast guys. Huh? You, well, you know, I I think last, and there's a lot of Serbians. I think last time they used amateur like collegiate athletes or something, and they they ended up uh, not winning the gold. Right. But I think this year they're like, you know what? We're not going to take any chances. They got Kobe Bryant. They have like you know all the other. Uh, uh, popular NBA athletes. So I think we're probably going to trounce all the inferior countries. Right, but will they be able to get a beer? That's what I don't know. Oh, it, okay, but forget about Kobe Bryant. What about like the Nigerian high jumper or something? You know, What if he wants to go get a beer? Well, that, that's what I, I don't understand. Because there's, there's black African this. countries who are going to be there as guests, and they're going to be like turned away from venues. Well, what surprised me, I can understand, okay, there must be a lot of Mongolians. I bet you like what, the, what they're referring to are the vagrants. There's probably a lot of Mongolian vagrants. So this is being translated. in. It's like culturally insensitive, but re- in the translation is a little fucked up. So what, what really 
really is going on is they're saying we're not allowing any people who we perceive to be vagrants, drug but dealers, don't all homeless the, people. Don't all the athletes kind of have their little village that's kind of not separated from the the city itself? Well, where that's where they stay, but I don't think I don't think they're like it's not like a concentration camp. They're allowed to leave when they want. But maybe there's yeah, but, bars there that are yeah, that that's are what I'm saying. It's like you know, they're international bars, and they just kind of hang out in their own little village area. I've heard that those village that the Olympic athletes' village is like a, basically a nonstop sex orgy. Really? Yeah. So I, because I, none of I guess that makes sense. None of them are allowed to do drugs or drink. Um, but they're all there. They're all like you know, from anywhere from like eighteen to twenty-eight or something in that general age range. They're all hot-bodied chicks. Yeah, well, and men and dudes, I guess. <laughs> hot-bodied chicks and dudes, and but you know what I read? I thought that a lot of these athletes are superstitious. If they you know enter into a vagina the night before their relay event or whatever, then they're jinxed. Maybe that's so, but what if your event saps the energy? What if your event's on like the first couple days and you don't qualify to go on to like the next round and now you're in, you're in the athlete's village for like three more weeks with nothing to do. But yeah, but what about all the underdeveloped gymnast chicks? Excuse me. What about them? Are you having, Do you think they're underdeveloped having... or underage? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, they don't have like fourteen-year-old gymnast chicks, but they're like yeah, they eight... do. Well, dude, they're eight... are you kidding do me? They... Are they that young? I thought they had to be like eighteen. No, but no, the eighteen-year-old gymnasts look like they're fourteen because they, you know, they, don't they take I hormones so. to, yeah, to stop well, their growth? Well, it's like, like jockeys, you know, they're just self-selected to be smaller. But a lot of them are fourteen, and I think they just get molested by their Russian coach like they always do. I guess it'd be pretty sweet to have sex with those 18-year-old gymnast chicks. Just the, the, the positions. Yeah. Imagine the positions. The body's a little too hard for me, though. Uh, it'd be like, you know, having sex with some bodybuilder. Yeah, I think that would be kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'll get, them in the, I'll get them in the off season when they have a couple pounds on them. I'm going to have to look online, or if, if, if some, some listener out there can send some, something, some evidence, some fun story about these Olympic sex orgies, I'd believe it when I see it. Because I, I don't know. I, I always thought that these people like, have these rigid diets and these rigid like, sleeping schedules. I don't think they're up all night having like, you know, buka- filming their own Bukaki movies. I just maybe find when, it hard I, to when I say sex orgy, I'm not talking about like what you're used to watching on your sordid videotapes. <laughs> I'm just talking about they're all having a lot of sex. So it might be of... at five in the afternoon. Okay, so you're just thinking they're coupling up, having sex. They're having a lot. They're like... having way more sex than I've ever had in a given week. Huh, that's interesting. With a lot more partners, well, maybe not at the same time. Yeah, it, that, that is interesting. So I, I don't know, man. It's I like the Olympics, and uh, you know I'll probably watch a, a few of the events myself. Maybe, you know, I, I don't mind watching a few basketball games. But to Beijing, I just think is the wrong city to have it in. The only thing that I would point out is by making all these rules and having them so highly publicized, it just kind of points out all the fucked up shit that goes on in China on an everyday basis. All it all it's doing is highlighting. You know, they're, they're, the, the, the civil liberty violations, uh, China's domineering government. I mean, it's just the, the fact that they're putting this many restrictions. When they have the, the games in, in the U.S., they're just like, yeah, you know, I'd watch out for those hookers because you might catch a disease. Yeah. You know, that's like the only rule. All right. Are we done here? Yeah. I think <laughs> we're, it's time to move on. But the Olympics are starting. You know, I wonder which uh, – I guess it's kind of one thing, though, that does kind of like – unite the all the countries of the world because you get to go 
you know, everyone wants to see their team win. So I imagine all the countries are, are paying attention to the Olympics for the next Does every weeks. country send somebody? Are the Iraqis sending somebody? They yeah, had a soccer right. team last time. What about the Iranians? Are they in? They, they got to be in. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll have to check The Afghanis. They have like that, that sport where they hit the dead goat around on the polo horses. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you they're pissed that that's not in the Olympics. This Maybe year. next time. So, uh, people, this is episode 134 of uh, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's episode. Uh, Wackerly, you did a story about a burglar's unfortunate break-in. I did a story about a morgue worker who is facing uh, charges of having sex with a headless corpse. And the listener sent in a story about um, a Brit- British guy who torched his best man. Believe it or not... You actually won, and I thought your story was kind of lame, but you came in with 66 votes. I came in second with 54, and the listener came in a close third with 48. It's all about the presentation. You know, I think it was the delivery. <laughs> I seriously think it was the delivery. Why didn't we make Ian read the listener story? He just wasn't down. I don't know. Do British people know how to read? <laughs> <laughs> Their fucked up teeth get in the way of things. I don't know if that's what it, if that's He's what it is. He's been in uh, the U.S. for quite a while, though. I think he has had his teeth Americanized. I didn't no, notice. He, you know, he, I think he has normal teeth. But, no, yeah, he's that's been the in— the only reason we let him in. Yeah, he Gave him a <laughs> citizenship. Yeah, he, didn't, he wasn't eating treacle. And, uh, yeah, and— uh, But, no, no, his teeth are, are quite normal. But uh, it was great to have him on the show. You know, we had a lot of people—got a lot of feedback from people that were saying that uh, he had one of the worst breakup stories of all time. Yeah, I believe that. So, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. We present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We also throw in a wild card with the listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. And we got one hell of a listener submission this week. In fact, we had over 50 listeners send in the same story. And I guarantee everyone out there knows the story I'm talking about. And Still it, you know, bears repeating. Oh, yeah. It's the Greyhound bus Canadian story. But, yeah, we had like 50 people send this in. And so, you know, to be equitable, I chose the first person to send it in, the first person to submit it. And uh, that's going to be the listener submission of this week. But bus atrocities is kind of the theme because I also have a story about a bus atrocity. But, Wackerly, why don't you kick off here, episode 134, with uh, your story, which is also semi-related not by bus, by not by bus activity. All right, so you kick off one thirty-four. You went to Santorini, right, with your dad? If you recall the uh, the the podcast i don't even remember when it was but it's a long time ago on a two-week trip to europe and uh santorini was one of the islands i went to greek island it's a greek island the mediterranean and if you recall actually that was the island that my dad had his diarrhea accident on did we tell that story on the podcast oh yeah we discussed it we discussed it on the show (laughs) and uh, it was quite disgusting because what was funny about it was i guess even more meaningful was the fact that santorini is just a beautiful island it's just picturesque it's exactly what you picture like a greek island in the mediterranean all the buildings are white and blue it's white right? you got the, the the blue awnings and all that and it's like right you know it's up on a mountain so or it's like kind of elevated land and it's just looking over the beautiful mediterranean sea and there's my dad with a trail of brown diarrhea uh-huh. walking through the cobblestone streets there might be another trail there now so it might be like two racing stripes <laughs> intertwined <laughs> 
Um, Athanasios Arvinitis, that's the guy's name, uh, the 31-year-old chef. I wonder what his nickname is. Was shot five times by police before his arrest. So he's actually lived through this. But he has uh, wounds to his lungs, and he's in intensive care uh, over there in Santorini, the Santorini General Hospital. Um, Athen, I cannot say this guy's name. Just call him Ath. Ath. Ath's trail of violence began when the man used a butcher's knife to decapitate his girlfriend's dog on the balcony of their home in the village of Vorvulos near Santorini's main town, Thera. You know... That's you a hell there? of a way to break up with a chick. <laughs> Cut her dog's head off? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I can't think of anything that's more direct. Yeah. Know? Well, maybe this Get the be, point across. Maybe this is more direct. Because next, Mr. Arvanitis allegedly killed his girlfriend, a 25-year-old teacher called Adamantia Karkali. These names are hard to pronounce. They're like worse than uh, any other nationality. I, I think. think you have to be Greek to yeah, really pronounce them. Right. Uh, he killed her by stabbing her in the armpit. <laughs> I assume with one of his giant chefs. See, now that's taking it too far. I can understand breaking up with the girl. Right. Maybe now cutting he's ruined, her dog's now he's ruined, head off. Now he's ruined her for everybody Killing else. her? Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just going one step too far. Well, and then here's what happened. He then cut her head off and began parading it around the streets. So I'm assuming that he's parading her head around the streets, and there's like this blood trail coming from her neck, for, at least for a little while. You know, right along the path of your dad's brown streak. <laughs> so this this is a town that's located right near the main city in Santorini. I guess uh, Thera. I guess is the main town. Yeah, this is near that. So I, I assume he's parading it around Dude, the did, town where there's lots of people to yeah, parade it in front. This of. this seriously, like I, I imagine they have like a you know a, a small amount of people residents actually live there. But it well, was he's a chef. He's catering to the with tour, foreigners yeah. though. There were so many tourists. Like we had to wait an hour just to get on top of to get on top of the mountain to see Santorini. Yeah, and he's a chef, so he obviously works in the tourist trade, which just backs up your point that it's a lot wow. of tourists here. Um, I don't know what was going through his head. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's that part in the Clash of the Titans where Perseus, you know, he's like oh, holding the, up the Gorgon the head, head. Yeah. And he uh, turns the Kraken to stone. He, maybe yeah, he turned, maybe he was trying to relive that. It's a good Greek So he Greek was story. carrying the head to maybe to the ocean to fight the Kraken? Well, it's it said he was parading it around. So I'm thinking he was carrying it up for everybody to see, shoving it in people's faces, saying like, do you see, do you see, or something like that. Yeah, but no, if you were a tourist on you know Santorini and you saw a guy doing that would you think it was part of like a show I would think it was like oh they're recreating that part from Clash of the Titans or yeah, something Yeah you know I would have thought that okay it's like you know there's Zeus with like uh you know Demeter's head or something I don't right. know I mean I But then you was... then you look closely and like her eyes are still wobbling around and you're like wow that's some pretty good audio animatronics there She's mouthing help me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, as blood is in saliva spurting out her esophagus. Gruesome. Um, so not only did he behead the dog and his girlfriend, but apparently uh, as the cops were chasing him down, I guess it's kind of like, maybe are there any roads around here? Or is it a lot of like, like little footpaths? I, I didn't see any cars. They, they were riding some kind of like a mule or something. You could ride a donkey around. <laughs> So I'm I'm envisioning like the Keystone cops, like he's running around with the head, and the cops have like their billy clubs and they're trying to chase him around, and then he'll like hide in a doorway. They'll run past. He'll run the other direction, but he's still got the but head. But he's still got the head. He's yeah. Carrying, yeah. Apparently during that chase, he also tried he tried and failed to behead a policeman, uh, and that was right before he got shot five times. So he's walking around the city with the, the his girlfriend's head, severed head, and a butcher knife. 
Yes. Wow. Tourists must have gotten an eyeful that day. And at some point, he tried to get away in a police Jeep, which I, they don't explain how he got the Jeep. Was the Jeep just sitting there with the keys in it? Um, but apparently, I, I guess maybe the keys weren't in it, and he tried to get away in it, and then he ran out, and that's when he tried to cut the other cop's head off. Um, people living in Santorini say they have not witnessed such savagery on this iconically beautiful island since the Germans carried out executions <laughs> during the World War II occupation. The Germans make everything ugly. You can go to a beautiful island, the Mediterranean, and that's where they do their executions. Yeah. I never understand with that phrasing whether like this was worse or... This was bad, but that was worse. Like, this was the worst since that. Since that, I bet. I mean, you know, dude, They're not saying this topped that. Yeah, but it's this idyllic island that, you know, it's tranquil and calm and peaceful. I, I highly doubt, you know, that the cops were prepared for something like this. No. I mean, they probably, you know, they're used to dealing with, like, drunken tourists. Yeah, you All know. high on Uzo or, like, you know, American tourists who are shitting all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're they're ready for a chef who's decapitating his girlfriend. No. So what eventually they will happened? Be now did on they catch them? him? Like, what did they do? Yeah, well, they shot him five times through the lungs, and he he's still alive, but he's in intensive care. So um, they don't say... Oh, they say that they thought... I think maybe I said this, but they said he got dismissed as at his chef job, and they think that that set him off. Oh, okay, so he got fired. And fired. Downward spiral Fired from is there. the word. Ooh, gruesome. So on the sick and wrong star scale... I'm probably going to have to give that 4.75. No, um, he killed the dog. Five star. Uh, okay, five star. Because, I <laughs> could mean, have been worse, but still pretty bad. The fact, though, I mean, that's the thing. It's like he could have just stabbed her in the armpit. And then you know? taken off. And then taken off. But instead, he beheaded the dog, and he beheaded the girl, and he paraded through the town holding her severed head. Yeah. I wonder what he did with the dog's head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wonder what she was saying Punted it into the ocean. when he severed the dog's head. He's probably screaming in Greek. I hope I'm never confronted with something like this because because of my smoking, I can't scream. Yeah, I think that could be a problem. At least like a woman, I can't scream. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Wackerly, I think my story matches up to that, but uh, it doesn't actually involve a decapitation. But, but it, it does involves involve, a Greyhound bus. Right? Yeah, horrific activity on a Greyhound bus, also in Canada. <laughs> A bus rider recalls a gruesome incident that occurred on a Greyhound bus uh, in Ottawa. Man cut himself after locking himself in a bathroom. It's no wonder that Karina Hebert rents a car now whenever she travels to Montreal. The Ottawa public servant was a frequent Greyhound rider until a recent gruesome incident changed all of that. Her story came to light yesterday in the aftermath of the stabbing and decapitation of 22-year-old Tim McLean on the Greyhound bus to Winnipeg, hmm. which is the listener's story. There is a decapitation, he's saying. And in the listener's submission. Oh, oh right, right. So, Never, okay, so, I'm, so I'm confused. You know, then that story came to light. That just happened this week, and uh, this, uh, this story came to light afterwards. I'm glad I don't own Greyhound bus stock. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Hebert says she was traveling through a snowstorm on a mid-afternoon Greyhound bus from Montreal to Ottawa, this is in uh, July, when a man locked himself in the washroom and began using a razor blade to peel off his own scalp. 
Uh, Miss Hebert saw the scruffy man at the bus station fidgeting and talking to himself. And when she boarded the bus, she saw him sitting in the back row muttering to himself. The man later barricaded himself in the washroom for more than an hour, forcing the driver to pull off the highway and to try to talk him out of coming out of the bathroom. Hey, uh, why don't you come out of there, eh? <laughs> Other people got to use the facilities. Hey, <laughs> we got to drink some beer, eh? Why don't you come out? I'll give you a beer. Have some poutine. <laughs> I'll let you wear my toque. <laughs> Is that what they call those those hats? Toques? Toques, yes. Toques. Um, but at first, he's the gonna man need refused. it after he cuts his cap off. Uh, that's when passengers. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be cold in Canada. That's when passengers uh, started pounding on the door. Then something shocking happened. The guy opened the door, and his face was completely covered in blood. It was kind of like a horror movie. The only thing that stood out were the whites of his eyes. The man was holding his still-attached scalp above his head, which he later learned from police he had began cutting away at the back of his head below the crown. So he was scalping himself. Is that the proper scalping technique? I have no idea. I thought you kind of did it from the front. <laughs> but apparently, I think he was trying to go for the whole thing. So he cut it from the back of his head, so it's right underneath the crown of, your, of his head, and he started peeling it back. Well, there's... Like a skull flap. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Maybe he was making his own toque. There's two schools of scalping. There's the Wild West version of scalping, where I think you, if you just get part of the scalp, it's good enough to sell to the, the bounty hunter guy. But that's when you just take a tomahawk and just whack their head off, right? Actually, a lot of the scalping was uh, uh, Native Americans being scalped by uh, just like cowboy types. I thought the I thought the Native Americans created scalping. Though. They might have, but at one point there was like a, a governmental push to um, like eradicate the Native Americans, basically. So they put out a bounty. You could bring it, like if you brought in twenty uh, Indian scalps. Like let's not beat around the bush. They called them Indians back then. You'd get paid like five bucks a scalp or whatever the going rate was. I thought they then. gave them smallpox blankets. Uh, that was in the. This is in the West. That was in the East. This is all. This is the main uh, topic of uh, a Cormac McCarthy book, Blood Meridian. Oh, really? About yeah, the main characters Indians? are just going around the Southwest trying to collect Indian scalps. So, but their scalping technique was front to back. You just grab the hair and get any piece of scalp you can, and that's good enough to say, why scalp that guy? He's dead now. Well, it sounds like uh, this guy on the bus is a bit more thorough. It's surgical scalping, like if you were doing an autopsy on yourself, you want to get the whole scalp off. Well, imagine the shock you would have felt if you were a passenger on that bus and saw Hellraiser guy coming out holding his scalp. Right. What Uh, type of... Is this like... uh, like a safety razor he's using. I, you know, I don't know. They yeah, just that's say the only kind of that's the only kind of razor you really see most places. You got to go to like a specialty store to get like a real razor blade. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, Maybe the, in Canada they're still prevalent. When the bus driver told the man he was going to call for help, uh, Miss Hebert said the man just went back into the bathroom and locked the door. <laughs> the driver then told the 17 remaining passengers to get the hell off the bus. <laughs> Which I imagine they complied. Pardon my French, eh? But uh, you guys got to get the hell off of here. <laughs> when uh, Ontario police officers arrived, I guess several boarded the bus and dismantled the door after the man refused to come out, and they also had to taser him. Horrified passengers stood by as the police dragged him out of the bus. He was covered in blood, and his pants were around his ankles. Oh. Well, so he's I- probably taking a dump. Yeah, he's time. probably taking a dump holding a scalp. A police officer later said that uh, by the time officers got the man out of the bathroom, he had cut all the way around his scalp and down to the bridge of his nose. Wow. So he was not only scalping himself, he was also removing his face. 
I don't know if that's what uh, homeless people do in Canada. That guy does. Uh, maybe. Uh, still, that's kind of what's annoying is we're never going to know what he was thinking, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't even really follow up. I guess they arrested him, but they took him to the hospital. But still, she said the man remained conscious throughout and did not make a sound. He, he was on some there. kind of drugs. Can we accept that? He had to have been on something. Or not on the drugs he was supposed to be on. <laughs> I think he just drank a the lot two. of Canadian beer. Yeah. I don't know. Thick, strange brew or something. Right. I'm not sure. Actually, the more that I think of it, the more I'm thinking not on the drugs he's supposed to be on. Yeah. That's what it sounds exactly. like. I think that's why he probably wasn't taking his medication. Meds, But right. this is just one reason. This is the first reason not to ride a Greyhound bus in Canada. I, I, I don't understand it. I, you know, I've ridden Greyhound once, and it was from Michigan. I think I've talked about it on the podcast here. From uh, Michigan to Chicago, which is only five hours by car. Yeah. Nine hours by Greyhound bus. And you ended up barfing up, like, Kool-Aid and vodka all over yourself. Yeah, I, I vomited Kool-Aid and uh, I think it was Red Punch. Hawaiian which, Red so Punch you're another reason vodka. not to ride Greyhound. Yeah, because you get vomited by, like, a, a 16-year-old kid. Yeah, I I, I've actually ridden Greyhound and the equivalent in uh, Massachusetts, the Peter Pan bus, quite a bit and enjoyed it myself normally. Because you can get wasted. <laughs> yeah, but, dude, Greyhound bus, it's, like, it's, such a, it's the lowest con- common denominator of travel. Seriously, uh, that's though. true. It is. I mean, it's worse than Southwest. Back then, I think it was like I. It's probably more expensive now, but I would pay like nine bucks to go across the whole state of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the worst. I don't know. It's the worst ride, and it takes forever. I've heard it. It takes like twelve hours to get to L.A. from San Francisco. Uh, I I would totally believe that's that. a Greyhound bus I'd never ride. Can you imagine all the Manson types? No. Yeah, and you know, like San Francisco and L.A. Los Angeles government are like trying to ship each other's vagrants back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's like get on this bus and go up there. Get on this bus and go to Shanghai. There. Next thing you know, yeah. you wake up in Oakland. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I guess he didn't kill anybody. He was just kind of injuring himself. I'm gonna have to give this a four point two five. Oh, I give it a four point five just for. The panache, panache. <laughs> the panache flair of this guy. I mean, he went, he went all out. It's not like, cause you can like, you see crazy people picking their scabs all the time and that sort of thing. Or like, you know, scratching themselves cause they think there's, there's like bugs all over them. But I mean, he really went all, got a huge piece of flap of skin there going above and beyond the call of duty. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be normal anymore. <laughs> He's not gonna be yeah, I don't even know how they'd reattach that. I don't think you're going to put, like, Benadryl on it or anything like that. <laughs> Neosporin's not going to help that one. No. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. So uh, the listener's submission for this week came from Winston Smith. Uh, Winston Smith not only sent the article in first, he also sent in three follow-up stories. He's Related a dedicated or... sick and wrong fan. Related stories or com- just backups? No, the three follow-ups of this story. Oh, okay. Right. So this happened like back on like Wednesday or Tuesday of last week, <laughs> or like a week ago, and then he sent in three follow-ups. Right. Diligent. A diligent sick and wrong listener. Thank you, Winston, for your dedication. You might want to develop some other interests. But... <laughs> <laughs> like a girlfriend. He says, one, uh, his first submission, he's like, I thought of you guys when I read this. Second, he says, and we add cannibalism for extra points. The only thing missing is necrophilia. And his third time, he sent in the third follow-up. He says, keeps getting better and better. <laughs> uh, and so uh, without further ado, let me get to the story here. I'm sure everyone's already heard about the beheading here on the Greyhound to Winnipeg. I guess this story's like made cause like international outrage. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Can't um, pass it up, though. It's too good. So what actually ended up happening 
and I guess I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. It occurred in a, a currently it occurred on a bus going to Winnipeg, but uh, right now the the assailant here is uh, being held at a prison in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Uh, the prisoner swayed back and forth, staring blankly at the floor and responding to a series of questions with grunts and sudden jerks of his head. Up and down for yes, side to side for no. Uh, the heavily shackled man showed no visible reaction as the court read aloud some of the facts of his alleged crimes, even causing spectators to gasp out loud. And then quickly and quietly he spoke for the first time, and this is all he said in court, please kill me. <laughs> uh, Vincent Lee, 40 years old, Chinese immigrant to uh, Montreal, is, uh, is, current, is uh, they're determining whether or not he's fit to stand trial for last week's decapitation killing of Tim McLean, 22 years old, on board a Greyhound bus in Manitoba. The unprovoked slaying of the Winnipeg carnival worker has made headlines around the world and prompted an outpouring of grief and outrage. What did you call him? He's a carny. Yeah, carnival worker is not the proper term. Well, I was just dude. reading the article. <laughs> carny. The uh, lexicon is carny. Carny. <laughs> but uh, apparently Tim McLean here was a carny worker from Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, I wonder if this was a carny-related killing. You think? Uh, it just like, seems like too motive? much of a coincidence not to be. <laughs> like, uh, do you think that, that uh, the, this carny worker was, like, disparaging Vincent Lee's ring toss abilities? Uh, yeah, or maybe, you know, he was one of those weight guesser guys, and he just said, like, oh, you know, you're, I think you're a 300-pound sweaty fuck. <laughs> you're 300 pounds. Here's your fucking prize. Yeah, and Vincent Lee got pissed. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe making fun of him at that hammer thing with the, the little slide thing that goes up and hits the bell. Yeah, you know, I, I don't there's know. A lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities for carnies to abuse carnival goers. Exactly, yeah. So, it's I kind mean, of half their job. I thought that was part of the part of the reason you kept like playing the game again is right because kind of you're so pissed you. at the carny. Yeah, it's just like I want to win that little like two dollar stuffed animal. Right for my for my toothless <laughs> girlfriend that I took to the carnival. Uh, the court attorney here, Joyce Dalman, uh, told court that Lee attacked a sleepy McLean for no reasons. The Greyhound bus made its way down the Trans Canada Highway near Portage last Wednesday night. He stabbed him as many as 40 times, while 36 horrified passengers looked on. That's yeah. the worst thing about atrocities that occur on these buses. You're trapped. Like If you, if you see this, you're not, you're not going to really be able to run anywhere because the bus is going 60 miles an hour. So you're stuck kind of screaming. It's just pure pandemonium. It's like being on a plane that's going down. At the same time, not to go back in the whole Carney theory... But maybe that's what set this off, because the other thing you have to deal with on the bus is if somebody fucking busts ass, you're just trapped there. And I bet the carny was eating uh, corn dogs all day <laughs> and just in his sleep made, laid like the worst fart ever and they just set this guy off. You know what? I bet you have a point there. And probably the guy, the carny, probably hadn't showered in like a week. So well, it was like a too. combination you of get, PO yeah. and flatulence. That's kind of, you just, as soon as you get on the Greyhound, you're on there for five minutes. So you just desensitized to that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of what Greyhound smells Ranky like. BO. Uh, Lee got McLean on the ground and then sat on top of him in the aisle of the bus, stabbing away with a large hunting knife, like a Rambo knife. Yeah. They don't have a TSA in, on the Greyhound line. <laughs> A passenger called 911 while the Greyhound bus driver pulled over to the side of the highway, allowing all the passengers to flee off the bus. The driver then locked the bus, disabled it, and uh, left Lee and a mortally wounded McLean inside. 
Can we applaud the bus driver for disabling the bus? It's a good idea. That that story could have been a lot worse. (laughs) A hell of a lot worse. Uh, Police rushed to the scene and surrounded the bus. Officers watched in horror as Lee began carrying around McLean's severed head and taunting the police officers with it by smacking it against the windows (laughs) of the bus. You know, it just... I don't even understand it, dude. It's like, so what was he doing? How, how do you taunt the cops with the head? I mean, do you like sit there and shake it, make it say little noises, you know, like Smack phrases it or something? I suppose. The I, blood is splattering all over like a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine like the faces of the Mounties. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, geez. Uh, Lee said nothing to police except telling them at one point, I have to stay on this bus forever. Right. I would have had a hard time not just setting the whole bus on fire. <laughs> <laughs> then Lee began cutting the other body parts off of the carny and was seen to uh, consume some of them. So they're just watching the guy going back, cutting off chunks of this carny uh-huh. and then eating him. Yeah. Which led me to wonder, what do you suppose carny tastes like? Uh, like cigarette butts and dirt <laughs> and uh, five I, o'clock I vodka. Cigarette butts, five o'clock vodka, and fried dough. Carny candy, cotton yeah. candy, elephant ears, or something. Uh, he appeared to be focused on his victim, he, and he did not appear to be drunk or high. It was a completely random attack, and there's there's been no link thus far established between Lee and the Carney. I guess at the time, police elected not to storm the bus and waited until Lee smashed out a window and tossed a bloody knife and scissors towards them. He then jumped from the broken window, cutting his hand on the shards of glass and uh, was uh, subsequently arrested. Yeah, you got to be really worried about bloodborne pathogens if you're standing outside. <laughs> Carney blood. And whoever what, this guy is, just I, spraying everywhere. I wonder if like he was just like, you know, I'm just going to try to get out of here. Yeah. It's like, uh, or if he all of a sudden came to and it's just like, I just killed the Carney. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, police searched him and found several severed body parts, including an ear, nose, and partial mouth inside a plastic bag in his pocket. Right. Too bad he's not like a great white shark where they can open up their stomach and find out what they've been eating. So he took oh, geez, here's the guy's thumb. So, so he took a doggy bag. Yeah. I, I just don't get Something that. for later. <laughs> just to save it for later. Yeah, maybe he's going to put it in his carny dehydrator. Make some jerky? Yeah. Kanurky? I don't know. So uh, now apparently they have a forensic pathologist uh, who uh, needs to determine whether or not he's mentally fit to stand trial. Dr. Frank mm. Vathur mm. now has a task of meeting with Lee and trying to form an expert opinion on his state of mind. Mm. Well, the guy doesn't appear to communicate except with grunts and shaking his head. Yeah, like a monkey. Um, if Vathur decides Lee isn't fit to stand trial, that could effectively end the case. I don't know. I you know, guess- is Canada like... Uh, the UK where you'll do something super heinous like this and they'll be like, you get three years for that young mister. You better learn your lesson. You know, I think he'd probably get locked away in like some kind of asylum or something. Don't you think? Do they have asylum? Cause they don't have asylums in America anymore. Do they? Yeah, we do. We have uh, people that are like not guilty by reason of insanity. They get sent to like a forensic center. Okay. Basically like but they asylum. don't have like the real crazy asylums like but they, they used shackle to. them to the walls. Right. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Spray them with water every day. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's really know exactly what will happen here. Uh, Lee came to Canada in 2001. He lived in Winnipeg for several years before leaving his wife and moving to Edmonton. 
Uh, he had been exhibiting bizarre and unusual behavior in recent weeks and months, which included taking sudden bus trips to various cities in Canada for no apparent reason. Hmm. Building that's up why to you it. don't take a bus in Canada. Yeah. Dude, seriously, that's what psychos ride. They ride Greyhound. That's true. It's, it's the preferred method of transportation for the psychotic individual. Yeah, I like to be the most drunk person on the on the bus, not yeah, the but, next I mean, to the most, because you don't want somebody drunker and crazier than you on there. But the, but the thing is, like, let's say you're in Canada, you're taking the bus, could have been me, I would have been completely wasted, I might have puked up my Hawaiian punch and vodka on this insane Chinese guy, next thing you know, my head would have been, been smacked against the window. Right, but uh, I think you're missing the point that the carney's real mistake was falling asleep. You don't fall asleep next to somebody in a Greyhound. Yeah, you definitely don't. Why would you do that? You definitely don't. That's like falling asleep, you know, in a whole in a drunk tank holding cell. Well, you know, I read a story Just though, don't do that, it. that the Carney had been listening to music, which I was kind of surprised that that, you know, I, I doubt he had an iPod, he probably had a Walkman. But I was wondering like, what well, I wonder what do Carney people listen to? <laughs> Just over and over again. Yeah. Right. So on the sick and wrong star scale, well, I was I was thinking about this wackily. Do you think this could be the most heinous article we've ever done on Sick and Wrong. Uh, it's at it's least, a five star. Right. It's at least in a tied position with like... I mean, the Austrian story where the, the father kept his daughter down there for 26 years. Yeah. Fathered children with her. What was the first place before that one? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. But, do you but think, this definitely holds up to any other story we did. So I don't do know if it's surpassed. on par or do you think this surpasses it? I don't think it necessarily surpasses it. The d- different aspects of... This is way more just gory and gruesome. Whereas right. the Austrian guy was just weird. Like, how could that happen? But it's almost more disturbing. This, this, this doesn't, I don't really ask how this could happen. I mean, the guy just the guy went The guy wasn't nuts. taking his medication, went nuts, right. and cut the carney's head off. Yeah. Or corn dog farts, either one. Yeah. But the thing is with the Austrian, you know, his daughter has to continue living her life. His deformed, like his deformed grandchildren or children that he had right. with the her. Gollum you know, the Gollum children. The Gollum children. You know, with the uh, hunchbacks and all that. They got to live their life. Whereas this guy, okay, kill the carney. They're going to have to find someone else to do the, to run the ring toss. You know, it's, it's very hard to do. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Just go around to the, the, like, uh, you know, the worst bars in the neighborhood and just find some guy who's totally down on his luck. <laughs> so nonetheless, I'm still going to give it five stars. Yeah. I give it, I think it's as bad as the Austrian one. I, yeah. I, yeah. But it's, it's just it's different. Just gruesome. Yeah. I guarantee stars, none of those sure. passengers are ever going to ride a Greyhound bus again. No. How could you? I don't, th- I don't know. People, we invite you to vote. You can determine who has the most heinous article here for Sick and Wrong, episode 134. Go vote at com. Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus. And uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head... I have to listen to Sick and Wrong. Well, we're nearing the end of the show, Wackily, and uh, as usual, we tend to get to listener email and uh, and uh, phone calls to the Sick and Wrong hotline. So I think you're uh, starting up the, the computer here. 
The computing device. The computing method. People, if you want to call the Sickerong hotline, 206-666-3846. We received a number of calls this week, and I want to try to get to all of them, even though we're kind of running out of time. And we have a couple emails that uh, we got to get to as well. So let's just start this off with uh, call number one. All right, these are totally unlabeled, so it's going to just be a grab bag. All right. Hey, sick and wrong. It's Sarah the Mormon uh, calling in to respond to a couple more questions you guys had. Um, I still do attend church. I probably maybe go, oh, once or so a month to appease the parental units. Um, I had to go, obviously, religiously, excuse the pun, but uh, every single weekend when I was growing up because... That's what your parents want you to do. Um, but when 18 rolled around, I pretty much put my foot down and said, well, there's really nothing that, you know, I haven't heard before. I haven't rebel. learned anything new in probably 10 years, and it's boring as hell. So I'm pretty much going to do whatever I want. But, yeah, I occasionally still do go with my mom. You know, she enjoys the company, and I love my mom. So um, I live in California. Um, I'm actually a little uh, east of Sacramento. I don't have any tattoos. However, I'm thinking about getting one that is is symbolic to my husband and I. Uh, It's probably going to be on my hip. It's probably going to be a little, some sort of a a claw, and it's a long story behind it, but um, I won't get into that. Um, And my... Dude, your mom knows you're going to get a tattoo now. You're not going to be invited (laughs) back to church ever again. You're going to be banned. My husband doesn't listen to the show. He actually doesn't own an iPod. Um, Occasionally, I sort of let him listen to bits over my uh, iTunes. But uh, from what he's heard, he's enjoyed. He always sort of chuckles at the bad news, and uh, he uh, tells me which ones I should vote on. So he's still listening, but not on his own. So I emailed you guys again. Hopefully, D won't delete it this time, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. So I deleted that by accident. <laughs> it's completely by accident. I didn't delete the it. The second one you accidentally. deleted? No, no, no. I have the second email. Oh, all right. And we have her Skype, so we can maybe in the future talk to uh, Sarah the Mormon. Yeah, I'll have to come up with some good questions so, though, beforehand. Did she say she, she she's getting a bear claw tattoo? No, she said it was symbolic to me and my husband. She said it was symbolic to me and my husband, but it's a bear claw thing. No, I think she said it's symbolic to me and my husband, and then maybe she like restated it's symbolic. It sounded like bear claw. It wasn't. She didn't say bear claw. I swear it was bear claw. I'm just wondering if it's like a bear claw, like a bear, an actual like grizzly bear's claw, or like the donut. Uh, it would be hard to to represent the donut in a tattoo. <laughs> you never know. Though. It is the state animal. Maybe she's like very loyal to California, something like that. But you know, you know, she says that maybe she, she used to go to Cal. Well, she says she doesn't go to church all that often anymore. Every now and then, just for for her parents. When's the last time you went to um, hear hear the dogma being preached aloud in a church or synagogue or whatever? Me? Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this before. I, I haven't gone to church since I was like eight years old. Eight years. Okay. So you. So this, My parents don't go to church. So why would I go to church? So this, this, I don't so date religious women. What I'm saying isn't going to be especially relevant to you. But for people out there who've had to go to a religious service, you know, above the age of like 14 or 15, it is so like unconceivably boring that you seriously like what I used to do to pass the hour and a half or whatever they had to sit there being bored to death is you play the odd fucker game and you look around and you look at all the different chicks thinking, yeah, I'd fuck her. 
But don't, aren't you looking at the backs of their heads? <laughs> or yeah, are you completely on, looking the wrong direction in church? Well, it depends on where you're sitting. I fuck her and you and you. Well, it depends where you're sitting. Like, if you're sitting on the side, you get a view of the whole audience. The side? Yeah, like, dude. What kind of crazy fucking seating arrangement does the Jew church have? It's not just, like, uniform rows. Like, it Well, that's what my church like had. I haven't even been there since and I was eight, but I remember they all face the same way. We always came late, so sometimes we'd have to sit upstairs. And if you're upstairs, you get a whole view of the whole crowd. <laughs> like the phantom of the synagogue <laughs> no there's an upstairs section in the, in the, in the uh, scaffolding what are you talking <laughs> no, about they have like the second floor so you go up to the second floor of the balcony I, if you're running late yeah but I, then you I get don't a good know what you're talking and, about and, and you can go look and scan the crowd and be like yeah she's probably about 48 but still fuck her but i guarantee there's someone in that church and when she goes with her mom she's probably the first one on the list where they'd yeah. be like yeah and fuck her oh yeah twice guaranteed well, Sarah, the it's Mormon... not just the church is boring, though. It's it's like bizarre. It's like why are all these people here listening to this dumbass? I know, and that dumbass. I know the dumbass was your he dad. Was my dad, morning. but I was still thinking that. <laughs> like he's just talking about bullshit that he's reading right out of that book. They all they all have that book at home, yet they all got up early to come I, listen to him talk about. I it. mean, that's what I used to think. It's like God, I'd much rather be at home playing video games right now. Yeah. Doesn't no. really spiritually enrich you. <laughs> no. But neither I, does church. Or what the fuck? Yeah, I don't get it. But thank you, Sarah the Mormon, for calling in. All right, here comes the next random message. Hey, D. Lance. This is Alva Mike, whatever, a.k.a. the trainee. Oh, um, no. Just how you guys would want to know, the guy that locked up his daughter and made, like, babies with her, um, MSN NBC has a... I think it's an hour-long documentary. Hold on one second. Mark. I have no idea what she's talking about. Why is the trainee breathing so hard? <laughs> Do you know? She, she, like, it sounds like it's really out of breath right now. I think like, she's on the treadmill. The like, trainee yeah, is treadmill. She, is she, like, running on the phone? Is she masturbating with her... I don't even know what, she, what type of equipment she has, but it sounds like she's all hot and bothered. What is he talking about? I don't know. No, she's talking about the Austrian... Who locked up his daughter and had? Kids oh, okay, with her. all right. And he said, he said, there's a CNN <laughs> thing. Something. The Austri- <laughs> all right, all right. But there's some CNN thing. So let's listen to the rest. Now, on it. Um, don't know what's in because I haven't seen it. I just decided to. I just decided to Tivo it. Bye. I hope you guys have fun. Well, that's good to know. I'll I'll look for it on YouTube, I guess. So I guess there's some uh, CNN interview with the daughter that was locked up. Or retrospective. I like those sometimes because when it comes out on the regular news, it's so you know it's so sensational. They just take whatever facts they have and try to make a big story. Well, about that's it. interesting. I would totally check that out on YouTube. Oh, I will. Yeah. Thank you, Tranny, for calling that in. Next time, I would probably just like be a little more relaxed. Maybe not like run on the treadmill when you're calling us. Maybe wait to masturbate after you've called the sick and wrong hotline. I think that's what most or of before. our listeners do. Yeah, get it out of your system. Not during the call. <laughs> All right, next call. Hey, what's up, fellas? I had a question for that Ian guy, you know. I don't know if you're going to keep him around and all, but... Hey, uh, you know, a girlfriend of his had a fucking tattoo of a chick with a giant strap-on dildo on her back, right? So you think that she used to do that to him? I think that's probably likely. And then she got tired of him, then burned his shit and threw it out the fucking window. Smile you later. Once his ass got loose, is that what he's saying? (laughs) 
So wait, does it matter? It's just a strap on. So you know, we didn't bring that up on the I show. I don't know last why we did. I don't know why I. I don't know. Just kind of overlooked that. But so the girl that burned all of Ian's belongings had a tattoo of a guy getting with a that was getting like anally penetrated with a strap on dildo. It's called pegging. Get pegged. Yeah. So do you think Ian got pegged by this girl? I don't know. We should have asked him. We'll have to ask him uh, next time we see him. Well, you know, wasn't I'm, that the te- wasn't isn't that the tenderloin correspondent or is this? Is oh saying? yeah, no, that was the tenderloin kid because he lives next door to Ian. Yeah, so <laughs> what's he? He's just trying to take the piss out of him. Why doesn't he ask him himself? I guess we, the listeners wouldn't get. I think ahead he's of trying that. to take the piss. <laughs> All right. But what I'm wondering though is if a girl has a tattoo like that, she's probably into pegging. So I would it's say it's quite a commitment to put that on your back if you're not into pegging, and you're going to have a lot of awkward conversations with people if you're not into pegging. So chances so, are, Ian probably got pegged. Uh, I would say all signs point to yes. So I'm going to say yes until Ian calls in and uh, defends his name <laughs> in his honor. <laughs> I wonder if she ever threw the strap on at his head because she seemed to throw a lot of stuff at his face. I wonder if she burned the strap on. You mean you think maybe it was Ian's strap on to begin with? <laughs> He's got 10 more where that came from. <laughs> Thanks, Tenderloin Kid. And All finally, right. here, the fourth call. Hey, sick and wrong. Trucker Paul. It's Trucker Paul. Yeah, I was on vacation. I have vacation like every month. <laughs> uh, my goddamn trucking company I work for, they, uh, have free Wi-Fi, so I don't pay for it. They have like 20 places all over the U.S. that I can pull in and get, you know, free Wi-Fi. Do you think for uh, some reason you guys should be proud of? Do you think he just kind of pulls into like a rest area and just kind of jerks off to flatso porn? Yeah. <laughs> what, what else? I mean, I mean, what else are truckers into? <laughs> what else is anybody else into? For some reason. Access denied now when I go to your site or go to any site that carries uh, the podcast. So now I'm out like two, three weeks at a time. So I have to wait till I get home. So I'm always going to be a few uh, episodes behind. But uh, that's too bad. I just got done listening to your, uh, I think it was 132. And you're talking about. Smoking uh, weed on your vacation there in the Northern Lights. And I used to live up in Alaska. And uh, the strain that we had up there was called Matanuska Thunderfuck. <laughs> and it was uh, grown in the Matanuska Valley, which is North Anchorage there. And uh, it was like one hit, one hit quit shit, you know? Oh, man. Those were the days. <laughs> well, uh,. I kind of got some sad news too. One of my uh, one of my uh, old drug dealer kind of friends, person from back in like college days, uh, he was murdered by uh, uh, some monk kid in our hometown there, and he was stabbed with a twelve-inch uh, fillet knife for fishing. Um, Damn. I just uh, want to give a moment of silence for uh, for Joey. Uh, we'll start now. Yeah, that's long enough. He wasn't a very good drug dealer anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to laugh driving. about that sort of thing. I'll see you guys later. All right. Well, take it Thank easy, Truck. Christian.
<laughs> Lick my Christian balls? Is that what he just said? Is he born again now? I don't know. Did he find Jesus? It's Did just, Jesus find his balls? It's just good to hear from Trucker Paul. And I'll do a shot for Trucker Paul's dead uh, drug dealer. To uh, Trucker Paul's drug dealer. All right. God. I don't know where he's going to get his crystal meth from now. I don't know either. I don't know. Well, people, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. We're always uh, eager to hear what you have to say. Uh, real quick, we're actually getting out of time, uh, running out of time here. I want to get to a couple emails. Um, a couple people pointed this out. Actually, four did. Um, the song that was used in our new intro that we played last week that we is figure out. Blackened by Metallica. <laughs> That was totally sent in by uh, Sven. He's like, song in your intro is blackened by Metallica. Yeah, I did say Megadeth. I'm probably close. not the first one to point that out. I thought, I, I think I thought it was Slayer or right. something. But I'm, I'm surprised we're, we're I didn't old, know that. We're old fogies. Now. Yeah, but I used to do a metal radio show. It's kind of embarrassing. I, I, I definitely should have known that. Um, we got a couple emails I need to get to here, I promised. Uh, one of these emails came from our English fan, English Dave. He says... It's my birthday on August the 4th, which is next Monday, so yesterday. And as far as I know, you usually record on a Monday night. I don't usually get much for my birthday, so I was wondering if you could just wish me a happy birthday on your show. No. <laughs> Continue to get nothing. <laughs> I'm not sure you've done anything like it before, so maybe now would be a good time. I'd probably shit my pants if you did this, and it would be amazing to show all my friends, two of them, if I got a mention on the show, I love so dearly. Signed, your fan, English Dave. Well, if he's going to shit his pants, then hell yeah. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, English Dave. English Dave. <laughs> <laughs> show your friends your uh, soiled underpants. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what uh, English Dave's doing for the party. I think uh, he's busting out the real doll. I think, he's washing his, I think he's washing his pants. <laughs> Well, happy birthday there, English Dave. We also have another birthday wish we need to give out from uh, Tina, who's a hot chick. And I'm almost more willing to give out a birthday wish to a hot chick. Oh, definitely. But uh, she's T.I. She, she wrote from MySpace. Mm -hmm. T.I., totally illegal. So oh, uh, don't right. get any ideas there, Wackerly. But you said her name is Tia? Tina. Tina. So okay. Tina, who's T.I. Oh, so she's like you looked at her MySpace and she's like 15? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Dean Lance. Boner down. A friend of mine is totally insane about your guys' podcast and got me started on it. I love it. Very funny. Though every once in a while, it goes off the charts of my sick and wrong scale. But anyway, I was wondering if you guys would wish Christina of Fairbanks, Alaska, a happy 17th birthday in your podcast the week of August 8th. It would be hilarious. Let me know if you can or whatever. And I have a challenge for you guys. Find a sick and wrong article from Alaska. I'd be amazed. We we live in the most boring state there is. Not true, dude. Thanks, Tina. Not true. Dude, there's a lot of sick and wrong things that happen in Alaska. Well, first of all, you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of drunken Inuit <laughs> Inuits and Inupaks just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's great. The, the Eskimos, it's gotta be fodder, right? yeah. Well, they're not called Eskimos anymore, dude. Okay, well, I know Eskimos <laughs> get down to a lot of sick and wrong activity. Yeah. I mean, don't they drink moonshine? Uh, yeah, well, everything. Anything they can get their hands on. <laughs> and besides, we just read two stories from Canada, which is almost Alaska anyway. 
Yeah, no, we can find some. Like, we can definitely find. You something know, for I Alaska. recall there was something happened where a stripper hired a hitman to kill her husband not too long ago in Anchorage. I feel like we've done an Alaskan yeah, story. Yeah, I think before. you know I might have to uh, pile you know through the archives and see if we found one, but right. I don't really care all that much. The problem is there's so much area to like bury bodies that never get found. Yeah, so I bet you a lot, a lot of, of stuff crime happens get covered. and it's just unnoticed. Well, anyway, as you uh, as we promised here. Um, happy birthday, Christina of Fairbanks, Alaska. At 17 years old, still totally illegal. On her next birthday, she can send us some pictures. Yeah. So happy birthday there, Christina. And uh, thank you, Tina, for writing in. Uh, people, we're um, almost out of here, but uh, real quick, go leave us a comment on iTunes. We'd totally appreciate it. We have like, you know, I think like 30-some-odd comments. We want to have more. So go leave us a comment on iTunes and make sure it's a good one. Also, it's a new month, so vote for us at Podcast Alley. Uh, you'll all be getting my spam emails tomorrow, and I'm probably going to send about 10 of them. And finally, go buy some sick and wrong shit at the sick and wrong store. Cafepress.com slash sick and wrong. We even have baby bibs, and the, the uh, refrigerator magnets are kind of cool. And so um, we'll be back next week. But before we do that, we're going to end the show with the sick and wrong song of the week coming from Daniel. He says, uh, D's, now that D's single, he should be at the bar looking for some fupa. And so I, at first I was like, I didn't know what fupa meant. Until you don't know I, what fupa is? Well, I, until I listened to the sick and wrong song of the week. And it became and, apparent. And, and now it became apparent. Fupa is... Gunt. <laughs> Basically a gunt. Fat upper pussy area. Which I've uh, never had quite the predilection for fupa, but uh, it's, you know I'm single now. Not the predilection, but have you ever had it? You know, I've never had fupa. Well, yeah, don't knock it till you tried it. <laughs> so the sick of the song, the sick and wrong song of the week is fupa. And uh, we also have a video that he sent that we're going to put at sickandwrongpodcast.com. You should check it out. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in the tubes in a long time. People, we'll be back next week with episode 135. Till then, take it sleazy. The Fupa. What the fuck is a Fupa? It's the fat upper pussy area. The fat upper pussy area. It's the fat upper pussy area. Everything I yeah. know about the area. From New York City to the Atlantic Ocean. There's a new phenomenon. I got my pelvis in motion. It's below the waistline, but right above the pubes. It's called the Fupa Girl. Now make your shit move. Make the Fupa jump. Make the Fupa swing. When you go on the flight, can you check that thing? Because it's a little bit bigger than the carry-on. You can store it in the Boston Aquarium. Because I like it wet. I like it smooth, but girl, never sell it to an Eskimo dude Cause they can use your food to heat the igloo Stretch your fupa out and make a snowshoe If you don't ride fupas, then I must say F yo to the P to the A It's not on your chest, but it's kinda like a breast Pull out your sweaty fupa and my answer is yes It's the fat upper pussy area The fat upper pussy area It's the fat upper pussy area And if you got one, we want to marry ya So fupa